Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 166 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host tonight for this special episode, Psycho Cow Grant Wilcott. He's on... Okay, I just got a message from Colin there. And uh, joining me in this Orange Sidewinder special for this episode are a ton of people, and we'll go through them in a minute. <laughs> it's just tons and tons and tons of them. But if you wish, you can... You can't join us in live because I couldn't get the PlayStation 4 working. Uh, but we were going to be hanging out in game, in open somewhere. Maybe between Lave and the Lave station. Just search for the uncivilized, you know, the uncivilized broadcast. Yeah, that sounds about right. Although, some of you may well not be able to join anyone else in Lave because of the huge bounties that you've acquired during the war. So maybe we should just go to Diesel instead. Um, if you can't get in game... Then we're also in Twitch chat, which you can access by going to laveradio.com forward slash live or by going to twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Uh, it's not going to be any gameplay video, unfortunately, just because, as I say, I spent time getting the PlayStation up and then it's decided it doesn't want to work at all. So that was good fun. Anyway, what we should do is we're going to have a bit of a war special tonight. I know Beta came out. I know it's all there and it's all fancy and all that kind of stuff, and we've had a look at it. But um, the crew are just returning from their holidays. Some of them have got hangovers and haven't quite got into it yet, so we're going to give them a chance to get their hands into the beta and then come back next week and go through all the wonderful things that are part of that. Obviously, we've got the... Oh, in fact, you know I'm going to bring the guys in just for a quick... I'm going to open up the mic so that they can be part of the show now. Um, you're all live, guys. Hello. Um of course, the big announcement yesterday, uh, was it yesterday or Sunday, was the Frontier's newest IP. Have you guys heard that news? Um, the one where we get to put uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes in our uh, ship launch fighters. <laughs> That's the one, yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you've not heard, the, the announcement was on, on Twitter. There was a great wee video showing you the uh, sort of suggested gameplay it looks amazing and of course it is jurassic world um and it looks a little bit like planet coaster mixed with zoo tycoon which i think is possibly going to be amazing but we'll talk about that again with the uh, crew when we get them back colin may be able to join us at some point we're hoping we'll just have to wait and see but what we do have <coughs> we have with us tonight our uh, war general of course himself commander whoever um, Greetings. Good evening to you, sir. Um, let's let's ring Colin again. He seems to be in Discord now. Uh, we have a huge chunk. I'm actually not entirely sure who, so we're going to go through the list of people on my list and see who has managed to be in the call. We have a lot of the Alliance group representatives. Now, you may not know them uh, or why they're here, but they're the enemy. They were the people on the other side of the war that we were fighting. So we have Commander Stephen, who represents the Alliance Office of Statistics, or AOS. And, Hi. And I, I don't know about they, they were the... Because I wasn't even in LAVE for the last week. Well... You represent, you know, it's going to be it's going to be tricky. I'm going to say things that are probably going to be not entirely 100% accurate or even correct. So you just jump in and correct me. It's absolutely fine. We've got Vectron as well, who's going to be your backup tonight. Uh, I believe and keep you right. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm the one who makes the lame jokes. Uh, my keeper. Okay, fantastic. We have APOS, who is from the Alliance of Elite Diplomatic Corps, or the A Good ADC. That's a bit of a mouthful, that one, isn't it? Um, sometimes. It, <laughs> it grows on you with time. 
Okay, well, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. Hutton Orbital Truckers is a, a stinker as well. <laughs> um, we have Crash BX or Cyberer. Which one do you prefer? Or is it both? I think he's at work. He's, he's at work. work. He couldn't be here. That's fine. He uh, he might pop in later on. Then whenever he's from the Terran Colonial Forces or the TCF, and we have Ulon from the Allies or Aid. Is that correct? Yes, he's there. Yeah, that's that's correct. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Um, so normally, what we do at the beginning of the show is we go through everybody and find out what they were up to last week. Now, I think it's obvious that everyone's going to say, "Well, we've been involved in a war." So, if you have anything else that you've been up to in elite in recent weeks, or in fact, if you, I think it might be good one is introduce your uh, faction and what they kind of stand for. That would be quite a good thing to do. So, Stephen, we'll start with you. Yes. You're from the Alliance Office of Statistics. If you want to give us a brief rundown of what that player f- group does, that would be awesome. Okay. Um, well, the Alliance Office of Statistics is... Basically, we're uh, analysts. We do statistical analysis. We do some... I guess in this case, it's a little bit of political analysis. Um, we're, we're people. We're pilots. We're individuals. We're citizens of the Alliance. And we're militia members in the Alliance. Uh, but I would say the the Alliance Office of Statistics mostly sees itself as a analytical group uh, that provides uh, suggestions um, and strategy possibilities to Mahone and to uh, even the rest of the Alliance if they're interested. Oh, right, fantastic! And and what kind of uh, how does that become in gameplay sense? So you know, in your, in your average oh okay month, what do you guys well, get to? Quite frankly, slightly out of character, I'll say that um, we, we started out of the necessities of power play. Um, in the first few weeks of power play, uh, Mahone was able to fortify all of his 12 systems, uh, which wasn't that much at the time. As Mahone grew, and, and, and Mahone grew very quickly, we realized that we had to figure out a prioritization scheme for how to, which to fortify, what to defend, where to go. And that's when uh, Commander Vectron, who uh, people probably know, involved in power play, uh, approached me and, and talked about, uh, well, we need to come up with some ideas, some statistical methods for figuring this out. And uh, a bunch of other members came came to it as well, and we built a, a large spreadsheet system that we then publicized the results of to the uh, Leap Mahone Reddit and uh, uh, at times to the to the forums. Oh, to right. the frontier for Well, I mean, from, uh, from a lot of people, there's a number of people that have different takes on their background, Sim, so it sounds like you guys are going to be you oh. know, spreadsheet heavy. So while we started and formed uh, with the um, motivation of power play, we do a lot of BGS. We actually do a fair amount um, because Mahone, uh, the way the game works, quite frankly, is that the uh, government type of the controlling faction of the systems within Mahone space affects the uh, triggers, the the amount of fortification required for the Mahone control systems. And so it's actually fairly important for us to have some, uh, even just from a power play motivation, grappling of the of the uh, governments that are within Mahone space. Uh, and, and mind you, of course, our people uh, do power... Uh, uh, BGS for other reasons, for independence, for alliance, and for other causes. That's not their sole motivator, but it was certainly the initial motivator for us. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much. I think that, that kind of is quite clear for everyone who's listening in. Um, we also have uh, the US, so Vectron, you get a, you get a break. Uh, did I see uh, Colin? Did you manage to get in there? I do believe I've arrived. Hooray! Good evening. Uh, we'll come to you in a minute. We have APOS from the Alliance Elite Diplomatic Corps. Uh, if you want to give us a rundown of what they get up to in a sort of average, well, week, probably. Uh, well, uh, in essence, we are a, a group of shadow operatives, let's say, that uh, aims to promote and expand uh, the hold of the Alliance uh, within the galaxy. Uh, our subsidiaries uh, pretty much uh, support that uh, the ethos of the Alliance and the benefits it, it provides is the main way to achieve uh, a higher level of prosperity in uh, in these hard times of uh, of the world, let's say. And what this translates in actual gameplay is that uh, we play the background simulator and uh, we expand uh, alliance factions and uh, make sure that they acquire. Uh, governance rights to as many systems as possible. All right, fantastic. So you probably work quite closely then with um, Stephen and the AOS. Uh, at times. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, we, we are also good at making the Federation mad because uh, a few days back, we actually took over Rush One's weight which is a perfect system. And uh, this is the reason, I think, why they want to undermine us and leave. Okay, well, I mean, I think it's it's one of these things, we'll definitely get into that, um, and how, yeah, how tempers and, well, maybe not tempers, but how passions can be tricked just because of associations with systems. I think it's really quite interesting to see how, yeah, these because uh, we've had runs with Hutton Truckers. I've had many a run in with the EDF in the past, and it gets quite spiky. And we're kind of a, a fun player group, and kind of like, what, what's what's the deal? Right. Well, we don't really want it anyway. Have it. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things. Uh, and, and then, of course, what well, <laughs> what's happened is just drives us mad. Is no sooner have we managed to lose the system than we gain it back in the next sort of, two weeks' time. It's just driving us mad. We're just in constant war. It's driving us uh, down to to almost breaking point. Um, crash uh, from the Terran Colonial Forces. What is it these guys get up to? He's not in. He's not here. He's not in here. You know what? I'm going to yeah, put a big, big mark on that so that I don't come back to him. Right? Does anyone else know what the Terran Colonial Forces are heavily involved in? That can speak for him. No. I would. Uh, no. Yeah. I would say it's uh, as I understand it, they see themselves as a uh, as an alliance defense force to a certain extent. I'm not entirely sure if that's a fair representation, however. But uh, that's the way I understand their uh, main goals in the game. And uh, if uh, Aid or, well, Aid, ADC or uh, Steven has a different view, please uh, say so, because I don't want to misrepresent them. 
Well, so it's a kind of yeah, and I think I can understand there the kind of the the pointy end of the stick that you point in the direction of where the problems are. <laughs> I think what's best is every group, at, you know, if possible, speak for themselves. Of course, they. Okay, just, uh, well, I say I'm not. I'm not familiar yeah. with with them at all. Uh, the TCF. Uh, I know, obviously, we've got the EDA, the, the Earth Defense League. Um, and in the Earth Defence Forces, who we've had runs in the past, so we know them and we know what their kind of policies are. So we just it was just to get a rough idea. That's fine. We won't go into it too deep. Then um, Ulon is Ullen. How'd you like that to be called? It's just Ulon. I don't Ulan. really mind. Okay. Um, well, you've got kind of a nice broad uh, minor faction name. You're just the Allies. Now that could suggest one of two things. It could be the heavy alliance involvement, or it just means you're friendly with everybody. Well, uh, our name is on our members, I guess. I, I'd say that. We are a pretty diverse group of... Uh, we are a German-speaking group doing a BGS activity. And we have a quite successful BGS project, actually, and we are working for the Paris Ring Brewery. That's a cooperative near Alive. All right, fantastic. Cor corporate. Do do any I mean are, the, are these um, player minor factions in game or are these are just your names your groups because it does sound like some of them are, some of you are more um, helping alliance minor factions and, and and adjusting other systems to suit the overall alliance or, or do you also um, well we do help the alliance where we can we are an alliance faction and we are usually cooperating with other when it comes to this right fantastic there's quite Interesting. Now, obviously, uh, we also have Commander Whoever. Um, if you want to give a quick sort of rundown on how you managed to get yourself stuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, well, as you know, about three months ago or so, I think Chris mentioned on one of the shows about doing something about Labour Radio's influence. So I thought, right, I'll jump on that bandwagon and try and help push. Um so I started trying to do missions and get a bit of motivation going. Um, uh, and my pledge was to help Lave Radio Network get a station in Lave. That's all the mission was. I says, I'm not leaving Lave until we've got a station. And the way it went, through nobody's fault, it just happened that the first chance to actually have a station was Lave Station. Um, well, well, when you so, came on, because we had that kind of... Uh, strange bizarre uh, election that we didn't even know we had and we knew about it on the second day and we were just really really sloppy at paying attention to what was going on in live radio and live system as well so you came in after that and yeah vowed to manage to get some kind of asset for the guys so that they'd have somewhere to dock up and uh, call their home yeah so giving daily bgs updates and advice on on what we needed to do in that um, I basically ended up appointing myself as the representative of the players that were supporting LRN in the game to, that were trying to show support for Lave Radio and for the podcast. Um, so when this all kicked off, I mean, I did approach what I thought was the alliance uh, three months ago. I didn't know at the time that there was at least two discords um but anyway three like i didn't think there was an issue 
uh, that's why if you listen to last week's podcast, um, I think the question was asked, are the Alliance going to have an issue with it? And my answer was, I'd already straightened all that out and it shouldn't be a problem. Um, <laughs> coming into the third day, the end of the third day of the pending war, and we lost our 1.4% gain that we'd worked hard to get. And we're actually going into the war losing, I believe. Um, yeah, we were anyway, just behind. Yeah. Yeah. So then it all kind of kicked off. And there was, uh, I think there's been two locked threads on Mahon's subreddit. Um, basically, it calling calling for various alliance groups to defend Lave And um, a chat room was set up on Discord to try and discuss and uh, negotiate um, possible resolution to the issues. And I've essentially spent the last three to four days uh, along with several other people, um, some of whom are in this, uh, this chat, trying to find a resolution that everyone would be happy with. Yeah, no... It's in the, the sort of program. I've got I've got some notes of things that I think are really important, and and by all means, anyone jump in, and including you, Colin, if you've got any opinions on this at all. Um, well, yeah, the the only opinion I've got is I've been away for two weeks, and I come back, and you've got a bloody war on. <laughs> it was well. I mean, what happened? I can't leave you lot alone for two weeks, can I? I think it was when I was left alone with the keys to the orange sidewinder. I went on a joyride, and well, yeah, this is what happened. One slight. Mishap with a large Corvette, and here we are. No, I wanted to talk about the player faction etiquette. Now, this is something that didn't occur to me, and I'll explain from the point of view of where I am. So, when Live Radio Net were uh, allowed and given uh, the minor player faction, it was just shortly after Frontier had agreed that it wasn't right for player minor factions to be given an asset in a system when they apply. One, it discourages them from learning the background sim in order to defend themselves properly, so it's a bit of a disadvantage, actually. And two, it's a bit too easy. And especially if we were coming into Lave, to be given Lave Station as a sort of, you know, welcome to Lave, here's your station, would have been something that would have been very difficult for anyone to deal with because it is, with the rares, it's quite a strong uh, source to have. So we didn't, as a sort of... We've always seen Lave as our our system. It's never occurred to me personally that it's an aligned system, and it never occurred to me uh, as much the same as if I was to if, if Lave Radio Network were to expand into another system, I would be conscious of other minor factions there, and would probably operate some kind of you know we'd agree not to get involved in other factions, much like we do with the truckers. But it's never occurred to me, and this is just ignorance, that the power play side of things and the grander kind of alliance imperials and federals would be bothered and so what um because obviously whoever you talk about the fact that you thought you'd got in touch with them what is the kind yeah. of etiquette so i mean is is there uh is there a is, is it anywhere in particular that people should go to for information on oh my minor factions about to kick off a war what should i do before we start firing shots um, well, in general, I i mean, I just thought about the power play aspect of it. I thought um, Lave Radio Network is a corporate, which actually benefits Mahon. So I don't think it will be an issue. But the right thing to do is to go and make sure. 
Um, now, obviously, the alliance is made up by about 20 different player groups. I had no idea about any of this. Um, and because of the, the split that had happened um, before this, the groups that don't necessarily do power play but are still in the alliance and supporting the alliance regardless of power play didn't find out about the fact that I'd come to try and address any potential issues. Yeah, so I mean, for you guys in the the alliance groups, um, and this is, I mean, we can talk about the fact that we we're kind of past all the kind of back and well, maybe we're not. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Find out soon enough. Um, but it's it's more a case of what would have been the right way, um, and we're not going to say that whoever didn't go the right way or that there's any discussions because it's not important. It's how is the correct way to approach the alliance? What What is the best way to get you guys and say, oh, by the way, we're in an alliance system and we're about to do this. Is that okay with you guys or how should we approach it? Anyone particularly wanting to, uh, to give that one a go? Uh, if I may start. Um, it's not about uh, any system. It is, uh, it is a, a special occasion when it comes to LAVE and the, five, the four other systems that surround it because uh, there's a lot of history around these parts and it goes back beyond uh, power play as well. It, uh, this is the fifth time that uh, this area is defended pretty much in such a big scale. Um, can I just say that the question that I failed to answer was what how does somebody if somebody needs to not not to do with leave but if somebody wants to contact the alliance what do they do who do they, where do they go who do they who do they speak to do they go on to the two different discords and is there two different subreddits as well um where where do they go in order to to talk to the people that they need to talk to to try and sort out agreements wherever they are yeah Usually, you just need you just need to contact the the nearest group that okay. uh, you are actually going to interact with, and that's it. But they, that, that's the who is the, who is the nearest group? The, that, I said I said usually in, in under any other circumstances where a faction which isn't alliance might be nearby to uh, another one that is. Uh, usually you could just have an agreement with them and everything would be okay. Uh, like I said, this is just a special case. It's a, it's a special case because it's, it's, it's a traditional and it's a core world and it's you know got a lot of history and things. Um, I understand. I, do, I totally get that. And what I was trying to sort of suggest is there really is an unwritten etiquette here. Now, it's, it's really straightforward when you're in a, a background sim battle with another minor player faction because that's one place to go. And, and, and honestly, the, the Alliance is a special case in its own right because it is not like you have... Uh, and I made the mistake of saying leadership. It's not like you've got that one point of access to go to that is the person that you would negotiate with. So I, I imagine if, if somebody was to get into touch with one of you guys or one of your factions, it would be more likely that that would then be passed up and across and to wherever it needs to go. Would that be correct to assume if, if i may yes absolutely i i think that yeah um I, I don't see where if commander whoever um came to what he thought was uh contacting some element of the alliance and that that would be satisfactory i, I don't i don't see that necessarily as as a 
his fault. It would be uh, on us to make sure that internally it's uh, it's resolved. Um, now, I, if I recall correctly, um, the AOS had been in contact with him and, and said that as far as the AOS is concerned, it seemed like an okay deal because independent corporate and it's a player group and historically AOS, the Alliance Office of Statistics, had given deference, as, as you said, it's, it's one thing if there's two player groups in the area, but uh, there's an NPC faction and there's a player group, an independent player group. And uh, so I think from, from AOS's perspective offhand, as general policy, um, and as long as the faction doesn't show maliciousness, which I don't think it had, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, more power to you. No, and but this is from my from my own personal point of view. Um, I think that the way now to make this clear to everyone that's listening, we have pretty much lost the war. It's quite clear that we're not going to make the percentage gains that we need anytime soon to be able to win the system and we're kind of past that stage now anyway because it was a damn good bloody good money-making fight for an awful lot of you guys out there and i cannot thank you enough for getting involved for fighting hard for winging up for really giving it a good go because it was you know without any opposition it was a huge ask anyway and you guys just kicked the arse out of it which is brilliant so thank you very much and then on the other hand i have to thank you guys in the alliance for being in opposition because it made it far more interesting far more difficult and of course you rightfully kicked our arses and we lost and that's absolutely fine now i have got no issue with that and i know the having had discussions with you in the way that you feel about the lave system that there it would have been difficult if we had one because you would have felt a duty to come back and it could have become a little bit more heated so probably in the scheme of learning moving forward it went the right way without causing any major grief uh, although i think colin may have to go and get his ship out of the station now that we're you know we're not allowed to live there anymore colin yeah considering that's a bit a bit awkward considering that uh my my, my library's on there <laughs> <laughs> but from the from that point of view of it being an awful lot of fun, I have to thank everyone that got involved. And I know there's been some um, friction here there. I know that whoever you've had countless nights of uh, getting really, really worked up over it, and you've done a great job at encouraging players to get involved. And frankly, that's what this game is entirely about. Um, but how would you guys... Obviously, because we, we, we have to make sure that everyone is aware that Lave is a unique system had it been an, a less important system if it had been outside of power play it'd be even less important if it was an alliance system so it is down to uh, the fact of the well it would have been really because you wouldn't been if it didn't affect you in any way then you'd be less likely maybe you would be more willing to do what i would consider that kind of straightforward let's just battle for it and whoever wins wins would that be probably a, a fair statement i think in this case you because Lave is the starting point from the original game from 84, and those four or five old worlds, everybody has, from especially those of my age, have a, have a certain um, affinity for them. Um, I'm actually a little surprised as Alioth is the capital of the Alliance and not Lave, but to find out all that stuff, you have to go and read Lave Revolution, which Alan 
<laughs> if, Alan's the expert to ask about. If, if I may. Um, so I think that uh, most player groups in the Alliance agree that no player group speaks for the Alliance. No player group is the Alliance. Uh, and so the actions that may have been seen, I don't know if it's necessarily correct to say it's the Alliance doing it. Just, just even actually as if the Feds um, you know, you have Federation player groups. I don't know if necessarily that's the action of the quote-unquote feds. I think the ownership, uh, it's understood the ownership of that is solely with FDEV and that we are just components in that. Well, it's one of those things where you know, you're fighting for the betterment of the alliance. So you would consider your successes for the alliance and your failures against the alliance, if you know. And so... I don't mean it in a, in a that kind of yeah. You cannot sway and decide that the alliance are deciding to wipe out the the imperials or going for their home systems and things. Um, I, I get that, but what I'm trying to think of is the circumstances. Had it not been such an important planet, where you know that the, the, the likelihood would have been let's just have a straight up war, see who wins, and then the end result will be the end result. Whereas Lave is that one special case that has the that you guys and Lave and at least D Diesel Riot and Zeance. The, the special case thing is something that I think is mentioned by other groups, and they can claim who it is. But from AOS's perspective, I would think that in general we say that the the, the ethos what the Alliance stands for in terms of self-determination and independence uh, would override any sort of this system's too big for rights or this system's too important for those rights. I think that's, a, that's an assessment, that's an assertion not really made by AOS ever um, or, yeah, Okay, so, well, so is, de definitely not by the Alliance. The Alliance as, as a group then, you, you are... You are not working off the the single one song sheet. You've all got your abilities to be your own groups and go in your own directions within with a kind of identification with it. It's just kind of I'm trying to understand how the alliance because obviously we we've kind of got an idea of who the alliance are from fiction and history, but it's how if I yeah go for it if if I yeah if I could just touch on that basically what there's an important distinction to make that we've had. Alliance player groups opposing um, opposing us in Lave. That doesn't mean, as Stevens just said, that it's all of the Alliance that are opposing us. There is some player factions in the Alliance that are that were happy for us to take control of Lave, or certain groups that were indifferent to it, or whatever. So it's, it is important to make the distinction that it is not the Alliance all as one against. Uh, Lave Radio Network taking over Lave. Uh, if I may. Yeah, carry on. Uh, for starters, let me return the sentiment about having fun in the system because our players really enjoyed it and it has been one of the most uh, stressing uh, <laughs> days we've had for quite a while. Uh, regarding the question, well, if it was another system, chances are that there would be close to no objection uh, about uh, giving, it, giving it over to uh, to Live Radio. Well, it wouldn't be Live Radio, but 
yeah, whatever, <laughs> whether a faction would. I'm, I'm just thinking of the the situation where we we could get into, which is like if you've got a traditionally federal system and you take it through a background sim and just through a standard war, and they go, no, 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 that's a federal system. It's always been a federal system. You know, you've got to give us that back, or, or else. It's the circumstances at which point we can have a war for something in a way that it's it's open for winning, if that makes sense. Where both sides are going, you know what? And this, I think, comes probably from. And it's difficult to do with a background sim that you're not always able to predict where it's going. But it must be something that would be great to arrange up front and prior and to have that agreement in place. Is that kind of how the etiquette would be, is to make the agreements on the terms of the battle, um, whips, and wow. whips and chains, that kind of thing? Yeah, in our case, I would, uh, I would support that this is the game, and this is the case for the game in general. And players have the ability to communicate, to make agreements, but otherwise what the game allows you to do is actually just fight it over and which, uh, whichever side uh, puts the most effort gets to celebrate the, the victory, I guess. Victor, um, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just going to, I was just coming to you. I noticed you wanted okay. to talk. <laughs> um, there are a couple of things to keep in mind uh, that the reason we have differing perspective on this is because of the differing aspects of the game that we work on. Uh, ADC stepped back from the uh, the main parts of power play quite a while back because, well, even as someone who actually loves power play, the mechanics are, well, I'm not probably not allowed to swear, so let's just settle for stupid. Uh, so. As, as AOS, we are working in close to 1,700 different systems at any one time. No offense, Lave is just a dot on the map. And it's a dot on the map where the, uh, it's in the Leasty bubble. And in the Leasty bubble, we already have plenty of corporate factions to give us a low trigger. So whatever happens to Lave from a power play perspective has absolutely no bearing on the outcome of the Leasty bubble. There's also another thing to, to keep in mind in that we may have different interpretations of what the alliance stands for. Just like you will have in the US different views of what does this particular amendment mean? What does this particular amendment mean? And so on. And we actually end up in a far bigger uh, mess here because we don't have proper documentation from FDEP, as far as I'm aware at least, on what are the alliance policies. And APOS brought up an example of something that uh, should bring one of these questions to, uh, to the forefront of the discussion from FDIS part, which is ROS 128. ROS 128 is a special system uh, where the, the only way to get the permit for it is to rank up with the Federation. But it is now controlled by an alliance faction. Um, and then the question becomes, how does the alliance view uh, the uh, the idea that a system would want to leave the alliance. Is that something that they can just do? Or does it require uh, that there's an election to do it? And if it does require there's an election to do it, then from a game mechanic perspective, that means the alliance would thoroughly oppose that Ross 128 leaves the alliance because it's not possible to set up an election with 
the alliance faction in that system. And in, in late, it will be even weirder because in order to set up an election to lose, uh, to, to, uh, to leave the alliance, you would first have to arrange for an internal civil war in game mechanics between Lave workers and then Lave Incorporated in order to get Lave Incorporated in control and then have Lave Radio Network have an election against the new corporate overlords of the system. And it's really confusing and uh, FDEV does bear a bit of the responsibility here in that they have set up uh, uh, these kinds of these kind of mechanics that end up being sort of confusing and make no sense and we're left here wondering well what would be the proper way forward and while it may hurt me uh, as as an uh, alliance office of statistics member to have to say well we're not uh, if 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 for example the alliance stance is if you're a member you never get to leave then I'm sorry, we would have to support the uh, the Alliance faction in LAVE because that is the Alliance Directive. But we don't know what the Alliance Directive is or even how it is supposed to be handled. Most of us suspect that it isn't, by the way, in AOS at least. It's one of those things where I think, you know, the Alliance is the kind of uh, the stepbrother of the faction and, and now don't jump on me yet I'm going somewhere with this and it's not insulting but it's like that stepbrother that nobody likes they've not had the time or the or the attention that the Imperials and the Federals have in the fiction they're kind of this unknown entity now that might be awesome because the one thing that you guys can do as player groups is define it yourselves and and for and you have you have done in, in this war you have stepped up you've identified yourselves you've got involved you've given us uh, wonderful back and forth there's been passion there's been anger there's been upset it's been it's been spectacular and you guys are the people that can take that forward and you're right there is no sort of guidance in these kind of things which is why I think it might be nice to see background sims etiquette rules of engagement that might be engaged maybe a formal process uh, in game introduced uh, whereby you know it doesn't just go pending and then tick uh, it goes pending and creates some kind of potential like you know some kind of event like a community goal which is a negotiation stage where you can set the rules of engagement if you're a player faction against each other that you can then put on almost like a betting you know uh, we're willing to put this against our battle uh, and if you win you get to give this and they'll put what they they want to lose etc and what you want to gain would be a, a really awesome game it doesn't quite fit in into this particular circumstance but rules of engagement like that would really help the player base go because I know there's a lot of times where you don't know you're under attack by another player faction until you notice that your influence takes a pummeling and then you have a look at your records and you go uh-huh and then you get involved and at that point you still don't know who it is it would be really cool if the game implemented some kind of formal declaration system and that yeah well, since, since we're uh, we're around the the lore subject, and this uh, this involves mostly the ADC, uh, 
because the the LAVE cluster is important for all, well, for most of the alliance groups. But in our case, uh, we also have uh, an actual in-law, I mean, official in-law connection with LAVE. Uh, since uh, two years back, we had a community goal and our faction is the main supplier of uh, security forces for the Lave Navy. We're just, we've got some comments coming in which are quite interesting. I know Collins just said when the code took Leasty, uh, well, I'll let you go on for that. The, when the code took Leasty, I don't remember that actually. Oh, well, don't you? I do. Because I was on the side of the Alliance for that one. Uh, and we lost. Um, it was the first time, um, is when the code really started taking place. It was about the time you lot did the, uh, the original hot and run. Right, that well, that'll be why I didn't notice. I would be too busy just sitting there doing nothing for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what was happening at the time was that a lot of people noticed all of a sudden that um, uh, a certain player group had decided to back a faction that wasn't to do with the alliance, and then before we knew it, the uh, Lisi was in danger of of flipping, and then oh my goodness. And a lot of people just ra- run uh, ran to to Listy to try and save it, and it wasn't, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't managing time, and it fell to um, a different backed um, power. Um, no, I was under the impression it was the code, and the code did seem to be quite happy about boasting that they were the ones that flipped the system. It's one of those. No, co- uh, co- code was Listy. Uh, yeah, least, that's what that's what we were saying. Yeah, least that's he, what that's what I was saying. Least he flipped. Uh, least he was originally flipped by the code, and that woke everybody up to the fact that player groups can have an influence and change the status quo. I'm just looking. Some veterans put some nice questions in, which are good again, and probably a good point to bring them up. Which is, you know, uh, why does uh, why should our player? Now I can answer this actually myself. Why should or we'll, we'll put in should. Uh, our player group have to ask for permission to do this war. Why do we have to ask other player groups for permission to do anything just because they are bigger and more greedy? It's not about that at all, Commander Ra. It's not about it's it's about formal agreements because if you can get an agreement, for example, that you're willing to have a battle, an open battle and fight for something, then you have an open agreement that at the end of that battle that there'll be resolvement, there'll be resolution, the side that wins takes the spoils and everything's fine. You do not have to have an agreement. We do not have to reach an agreement with the Alliance. We could just carry on fighting. We can bring in as many pals as we want. We can fight. We can take Lave Station. And then they are duty-bound to do what they want to do, which is they want to take Lave Station back. And what you end up with is a war of attrition. Not not a bad thing. It's still a lot of gameplay. It's still a lot of fun. But you're going to be in it for until one side gives up. If you can That's reach- what we were threatened with. We were, we were threatened with a war attrition should should we win control of life. Yeah. And that's how Leasty was actually won back. Effectively, what happened was the code... Um, I think, well, I think the code slowly disbanded. The more extreme guys went off to form the SDC. Uh, and the code slowly seemed to wind down, mostly because of uh, complaints about combat logging and they couldn't pirate. Uh, and... Of course, when they stopped enforcing their um, uh, 
working for the, the side that was in control of Leasty, um, it didn't take long for the alliance groups to, to slowly build up the influence. And by the time it was it, a, a, another conflict happened, there was none of the code left to, to defend their holding. And um, of course, well, Leasty came back. I, I, can, uh, I can clarify the history a little bit uh, more uh, in depth. Go, yeah, go for that. Um, what the code wanted to do was pretty much disrupt all the systems in the area. Uh, they wanted the awards to become the new Caribbean, as they named the it. Alliance <laughs> steer that with military force, and the what they managed to to flip in that time frame that they worked there was uh, Riorte and Listi. Riorte was uh, flipped back immediately and. At least right. took a little more but, uh, time. Again, but is, the thing is, uh, should a group have to ask permission? An independent group have to ask permission? No, they, they don't to have they don't leave the alliance. It, it's 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 or one of those. Should the system have to ask permission? It, it's and should military force be applied to skew that decision? I'm not. Uh, I'm just. Uh, Again, Let me clarify about that. <laughs> I feel like since there was conflict, someone someone did no, that, try answering that question through action. Well, what I wanted to say is the code didn't exactly... We got listed back before the code split, and uh, the reason the code split was a little more uh, about some uh, patches that uh, kept making their uh, job uh, harder and harder. Uh, well, yeah, that, that, that is the difficulty when you stick, <laughs> stick your head above the parapet and uh, issue demands. I mean, that's the risk that any large group takes when they issue a decree is that it can do two one one or two things uh, certainly when we've been involved in the hunting truckers we've had issues where we've had a group come in and they've not noticed what they're doing and they're causing us grief and you get in touch with them and then you work it out and you create some kind of fiction that works together that we can all go away with an enjoyment from uh, we can reach an agreement for let's have a battle let's do this let's do that and then there's a result of that all our players have fun in a way that they agree to play with because you know that's the worst thing is if you are uh, a Lave Radio Network player and we've won Lave and you're just doing your missions and then there's an alliance ships and they've got a list of kill on sites and you're one of them because you were heavily involved in the battle for Lave you find yourself at the wrong st stage um and it's difficult uh, to to sort of if you have agreement uh, prior to it then it's a lot easier um uh, because you have set your, you know, your conditions for your battle. You've set it, but you don't have to ask anybody. Not at all. You can use that background sim, and people often do. And when you don't have agreement, those battles will go on for a very long time, as both sides will fight their arses off, trying to. Oh win. yeah, yeah definitely. We're, we're, we will have. A, I'm. I'm. We were already having discussions about finding a solution, but the thing is that the war itself couldn't be controlled because uh, uh, commander whoever might have been uh, the war coordinator, but the large majority of supporters didn't have direct feedback. So it wasn't like we could uh, reach an agreement and it would, uh, it would come to the attention of... Uh, well, yeah. the, of each side supporters so that the war ends in the way that we actually agree. So in in our perspective, 
the war would be fought and moving forward an agreement can be made which is exactly where we've kind of found ourselves which is you know it's nice to be in that position where you can move forward um it's it is one of these things where um you don't want that kind of endless battling and 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 every time you log in you've got to go and defend something and defend something and of course uh live radio is kind of the you guys are as fragmented you know i'm not talking to the alliance but i'm talking to our players the guys that got involved you went and you got your own little groups and you got your own little friends and you all got together and you pushed for us one cause and everyone there's nothing wrong with what you've done at all it's awesome thank you so much but as it's explained even with the alliance as well it's very similar it is very difficult to just sort of get that information down a chain when there is no central control and from the live radio network point of view you've got us live radio presenters who are not heavily involved in the background although we in, i've been certainly calling they were on the holiday i enjoyed getting involved in running missions like an absolute loony to get our influence up prior to the war before my machine died and um it's been great fun and that's what it's about and so if you enter wars of attrition it just makes the game drag and hellish and it makes unpleasantness for people and it so it is when you ask why should you ask permission you shouldn't but it's etiquette when you go round to your mum's for Christmas tea, do you put your socks on the table, your underpants on your grandpa? No, because is that etiquette? I think I might have this wrong with just perversion. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's definitely that way. And well, uh, if uh, we can move forward to get uh, an agreement and uh, get to materialize that agreement in a uh, in a controlled fashion, but of course, in order for that to happen, some individuals who keep on uh, causing some havoc in the system would have to stop first. And, and it's why we all agreed uh, coming together and having a, a good chat about it tonight and getting this out there to people so we can say it's bad etiquette and perversion, says uh, Whinging Pom. Like, <laughs> 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 thanks for clearing that up. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and. Uh, uh, since we're discussing etiquette, it's uh, well, since we're a BGS group, uh, what uh, the way the BGS is approached also matters for some people because uh, we really do not like uh, going into a system straight up murdering security and taking over that way and find it uh, a bit. Uh, on the negative side of uh oh yeah absolutely i think you know if you if you listen to mad dog who claims for the rights of npcs and stuff like that but <laughs> that aside it is of course and and as much as people will look at it however you want to look at it it's absolutely fine there are many different ways that you can engage with the background sim some of them as we say, are a bit more negative looking. You know, if you were to, if for instance, the other ways as well is, is to undermine them by smuggling and uh, flooding the system with smuggled goods uh, can also reduce the security system. So there's a number of different ways of achieving the goals, some easier than others. And um, destroying security forces is definitely some of the tactics that we used in this. But again, I have to say, it's at the point of not considering 
that there was anything wrong because as far as I could see um, and I think possibly an awful lot of our listeners will see uh, Lave was our system so it didn't really matter who was in charge power play didn't even occur to me because I've never touched it and so I didn't see the until now you know where we have this conversation and we get it out and it didn't seem like there was any reason to worry it was just about let's get his job done and get on with Lave Station under our belt and then that's us that was it you know it was like the goal was the goal and it didn't matter how we got there because there wasn't anyone that was going to be hurt by the outcome now no, no, yeah, no, no. well there was some damage but uh, overall uh, the mechanics were used quite uh, quite fine i gotta say especially getting uh, uh, the liberals in wars in another system but uh, this caused the liberals to retreat from Tianve, and that's the damage. Ah, uh, right. I see. You mean, I yeah. think there's a there's a problem with the way that this, the BGS and the Civil War here is being interpreted. Uh, you have uh, the way the BGS works is you have one faction defending and one faction um, a- aggressing, I guess, in in BGS terms. But there's a few things. One, technically, the start of the Civil War isn't it isn't known who started it right technically just influences were raised and yeah. a civil war occurred the first shots the the the, the actual first militaristic action uh, could have been from either side and considering that in the civil war where you're fighting where certain territory is under the current control of the other faction yeah you're going to be shooting security i don't really see how that's uh, an issue, actually, because well, how else are you supposed to fight? It's a, it's a, what, what the, the reason why that's a sort of a, <clears throat> a negative way of, of, or considered a negative way, like, you know, combat logging, it's, it, it's considered a negative way of playing the game, or even logging out during a battle and taking the 15 seconds to get out is considered a, oh, come on, just stand your ground, let's fight it to the resolution. There's different things that people find a little bit down, and I think the issue with the destroying the security forces is that there is no direct counter to that action at this point and we have to say this very 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 clearly now everybody the background sound yeah, is going there, to there, change there actually, there actually is a counter to that if, if I may yeah. uh, bounty hunting no bounty it, hunting it's not counter. even it's not even nearly as strong it, well there's uh, a counter yeah, no, you can't. It it's, doesn't work that way. We've had uh, and it's, we've had a number of player groups in the past where we've interacted as hut and truckers, and I can speak from from that point of view as a hut and trucker that uh, we've had uh, groups come in and purely s- sort of seek to destroy security forces, and you watch your influence, and it's very, it's near impossible to defend so the drops. That might have been the case about a month ago, but there was a silent change, or maybe not silent change that went into the BGS about a month ago where security killing actually is no longer nearly as effective as it used to be. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, but that, still that's, more that's where the perception of the negative came Well, guerrilla guerrilla warfare is what actually freed the United States. So if you could say, yes, something's more effective, a tactic is more effective, therefore it shouldn't be used. I don't know. <laughs> this is true. That's, that's, that's a, a very little, good I, point. I, mean, <laughs> well, we that, uh, I think Stephen is the only American in this chat, and there are two people who seem to be from. Yeah, my apologies to the British, yeah, but I was using an example. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, but it's you're right. I mean, it's 
as I say, it's a valid tactic. It's just it has had that negative connotation, and, and that's where it had come from was because it was deemed to be this. If you do that, you can undermine a system, and you can just do it out of badness. And it doesn't take many people to do that to create the influence uh, changes. And as you say, there's okay. been changes, and there's more changes to come. So I, I dare say that in a month or two's time, we'll all be sitting here scratching our heads, going, "How the hell is this working now?" There is also. The, simply because of the way the background sim works, you cannot look at the background sim and, and use that as, at least in my interpretation, use that as, uh, that as an excuse or explanation of why what you're doing is bad. Because, for example, if the uh, if the uh, late dictatorship wanted to overthrow lay workers, that would be a civil war. That makes perfect sense. However, if lay workers were also a dictatorship, then the other late dictatorship overthrowing the current one, that would somehow be an election. And pardon my French, but that makes fuck all sense. <laughs> Why would two dictatorships go into a war, into a... No, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but the whole oh, thing yeah, is it, just it gets, it gets worse because dictatorships go to election with prison colonies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's nothing uh, civil about war either, so that's a stupid oxymoron in its own. No, no, but it's, it, it's just right. weird. And that's why my interpretation is that you cannot use what's happening in the background in, in terms of, okay, this is a war, or this is a civil war, or this is an election, as an argument for, well, you did something bad because now you have triggered a war. Yeah, that's a consequence of the game mechanics, not consequence of the intended actions. Would it, I mean, would it be interesting, because I, I know that in power play, it's a bit more, you know, because systems go into, well, what's the word now? Turmoil. Turmoil. Turmoil, Term, but you also, when you're, when, you're, when you're actually battling, it'll go into that mode where you know... Uh, undermined and fortified. Yeah, so you, you kind of know that there's a battle there, there's a kind of notification that you have opposition there. No, so not when it's... Not if there's a snipe. <laughs> Technically, you can hold the merits until the very last minute and then turn them in. And you'd have, uh, well, I guess it's, it's uh, n you could check bounty boards, uh, especially now, because you can only kill a host uh, power play vessels now. But uh, other than that, you would have no power play menu idea okay. of whether there's undermining going on if if it was a snipe now mind you these people would have to hold on to their merits and if they were to run into an unfortunate accident during that week they lose those merits That's happens that, every yeah. week and it, it's uh, it's an extremely effective tactic uh for about 80 plus weeks edmund mahone has been the, the the top power in power play and if we go back to April last year, uh, when Mahone had 96 systems, uh, when uh, while we were sitting uh, on, on our Discord and uh, looking at things and everything starts looking good, uh, there's about maybe an hour left, and uh, suddenly we start seeing uh, that, that people are dropping off uh, undermining We that. start seeing red. <laughs> yeah. And, and we have to actually log out of the game, clear a cache file, and log back in to get newer information. Oh, it's not something, right. but yeah, it's horrible. Right. Yeah, I said, but they managed it, to hand in about 800,000 merits and put 24 systems of ours into terminal. That's about a third or a quarter of the, all the systems we had were put into turmoil by 
uh, simply holding on to the merit. So it is entirely possible to do, and it is, in terms of power play, almost impossible to defend against. But so that's right. the kind of warfare we have in, in power play. It's entirely different and, and really weird as well. Do you think it's fair to say that this is just down to the players finding the the way to play these game systems, but with Frontier not having designed them necessarily to be played that way and now we're finding the sort of the tricks in the system and it's becoming kind of like everyone I, knows the dream builds and yeah. power play mechanics are just a complete absolute mess if you notice a lot of people who start talking about power play in this chat will say i don't really want to get into it but and then they can go on and on and on and on about power play because it is yeah I guess it's something like anything that if you put enough into it and you have enough time invested, you're going to see positives and, and negatives in it. And power play, great system. I think if 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 only justified to to Vectron and how many hours he's put in or I put into <laughs> power play. If it was really that bad, and and Vectron might complain about a thing here or there. If it was really that bad, I think to him he wouldn't put it in. But yeah, sh certainly. There, there's any of the players, uh, whether it's uh, BGS groups who put a lot into BGS subtleties or power play groups that put a lot. Um, I, I mean, I can't 100% interpret what FDev is thinking. Only FDev can. But from what it seems to me is that um, when certain game elements like this are put in, FDev's uh, position is usually one of it enriches... The experience and the player's position uh, sometimes is we're figuring this out and we're going to min-max and we're going to keep pushing this to the most efficient or most effective way possible. It's, and it's, that's just a, a ever so slightly different perspective, maybe. So, I mean, it's just going forward, I would love to do and I'm planning on doing some kind of conclave <laughs> show uh, where we can get into the... Maybe the things that we'd like to see changed in these systems to make them more um, more formal, I think, is possible. There's a degree of formality that needs to come in, for certainly for background sims. If you can declare war on a system as a player faction, it kind of creates that formal start where all sides are aware. And, okay, maybe that dis gets rid of the sort of sneak attacks, which can be quite fun too, uh, from both sides, you know. Um, but maybe there needs to be something looked at that where you can have a formal declaration and maybe something we can use in the galnet uh, you know some kind of automated system that goes into the galnet papers and things and because uh, i know when you go to the little small background sims news who's that's trying to come in um oh. be, regarding well i can use the previous question regarding whether if they uh wanted people to actually play this or uh, didn't plan but the BGS version of the question. And the BGS version of question is both. And I, it, it's very clear that they didn't plan on uh, players to actually manage to understand the, the BGS in such a level and uh, influence it so much. But there have been many changes um, that show uh, FD indeed wanting players to get themselves into this game and realizing that some players actually enjoy it. One of them goes back to the Listian code example uh, 
and the issue with Jokarelela. The reason why at least it took so long to actually take back is that back in the day, uh, wars actually had uh, 28 days cooldown. So after uh, Reinhardt and Interstellis took Listy, uh, we couldn't take it back even if we wanted for 28 days. And nowadays the war cooldown is one day. Okay. Yeah, it's there's an awful lot. I mean, I I, I personally uh, love the background sim. It's what I wanted power play to be, where there's a whole pile of ways of of being. I mean, if you speak to the likes of uh, Commander Noctavegas and and whoever as well, and and yourselves will all have that grasp, especially Stephen, I imagine. Um, you're going to grasp of all the intricacies. Like, for example, if you're taking on a large faction in a system, you can't just focus on your influence in that system. You've got to focus on your influence in all the other systems. And you can use other systems that they're in to bring them into states that allow you, like we, much like we did last week when we realised that um, the workers of Lave liberals were in a war elsewhere, which gave us the opportunity to run missions like a mentalist to get the influence that, up. Which that is, wasn't an accident. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's well, that's exactly what I mean, whoever. You knew what you yeah. were doing, and that's the exciting part about it, I think. Yeah, I, I can tell you it gets, it gets a bit uh, insane. Uh, as, uh, as a faction, we are currently on 28 systems, and the managing part is... Uh, it takes a lot to... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so uh, one thing that I would lo would have loved to have seen. I mean, it, it all comes down to these uh, missing player group dynamics. Is you know, if you are working for either Lave Radio or, or one of the other factions, you you can't actually tag your commander to be part of them, so people can't see when you're flying around on a scan that you're aligned with them. It's well, and have that effect. How you get interacted with, but I think you know the problem is yeah. people like to be more than one and that's the that's the trick i think chris jarvis talks about that as well that maybe if you went into a system it would tag you as the system faction that you're most aligned with so the one you've got the most influence with would show up on your ship so that everyone would know aha what are you doing here colin you your ship says you are working for the workers of lave liberals you splitter you know that kind of thing so maybe that's a great sort of solution it would be better if you could if there's a, if there's a conflict on like a war or a civil war if you play if you had to you know when you, you pledge when you get into the conflict zone you have to choose a side then that should be permanent you shouldn't be able to change it and when you leave that conflict zone you should keep that that pledge you should be pledged to that what, until what the about end of that conflict. What about opportunistic mercenaries who like playing both sides? They can go to another <laughs> system. <laughs> now, I think, Vectron, you had some ideas on improvements. Well, sort of, uh, because it's not specifically about improvements, but it's more about how, from my perspective, if they've uh, failed to, uh, to, to, to grasp certain things. So, uh, power in, in his humble opinion. Uh, power plays added. And then uh, they move on to other things and don't really do anything to improve it. And since they don't do anything to improve it, it gets less popular. Then we add Wings, and Wings has a lot of issues. And, well, okay, it's somewhat popular, so we will do something about it. Well, well actually... CQ no, no, I'm, I'm not done. Uh, then we get to, to CQC, 
and that's not popular at all so we're not going to do anything to uh, to bother with it because well not enough people play it and when, when you don't improve it well why are, then people are going to leave then it becomes less popular so why should you bother improving it and it becomes less popular and it's just a negative feedback circle and it ends up in a situation where the only thing that looks to be any kind of interesting is combat and that then gets a lot of focus and even there it seems like if you ask the PvP players, for example, that the ball keeps getting dropped. And basically, it would be nice if Frontier had the ability to add a, uh, a person who was responsible for individual parts of the game. A manager who communicates with the community about specific things like CQC community, or uh, backgrounds in community, or power play community, or whatever it is, PvP community. And you then uh, go about uh, uh, stressing that, okay, we need to improve these things. I have access as a manager to this amount of resources in improvements, so let's do that. But it, it, it doesn't happen. So we're stuck with a handful of uh, community managers who have to sort of have an understanding of everything, which is basically impossible in this game. That's, that's quite a fair a fair statement there, um, and yeah, I think you know that could be handy. I know we have obviously the mistress of the minions who deals with the AI and has uh, kept us all on our toes with the updates to them. Um, a plus, are, are you wanting to speculate on what Vectron was talking about? Yeah, uh, pretty much uh, having a, a mini pledge on faction is something that we've been asking for ages. Uh, although it would be hard how it would actually be managed because uh, as uh, as all the power play, play players here can tell having everyone able to join and pledge uh, is a bit uh, problematic at times so it's it's a really weird situation because you want to pledge to your faction you want to have uh, you have control over it and you don't exactly want to do whatever you want with it. You're okay with someone opposing you, but you're not okay with someone controlling your narrative over your faction. And okay. the pledge would have to include other functions within the BGS that it currently lacks, because if you want to gain an asset, for example, in a system that you already control, you have to bring your faction back down, which means actually working against your faction. And that makes very little sense uh, action-wise. If, if I may comment that's uh, somewhat related to this, it might be a bit informative about the Alliance and the Alliance player groups regarding faction and faction identification. Um, is that different player groups within the Alliance, and I think this isn't just the alliance it may happen in the feds and the empire as well but that's them is that different groups have different priorities and see themselves a little differently regarding the minor factions for instance um aos the alliance office of statistics does have a minor faction in game uh, in, uh, we started in in gateway um but we never really prioritized it we didn't see really our our main identification as being one of 
alliance, office of statistics, minor faction, our our motivations, our efforts. We're on dozens and dozens of various different independent and alliance factions across Mahone's space. Whereas other groups who have focused quite heavily on their minor factions in the BGS would have a di- very different, I think, uh, perception of minor factions as identification. Although for ADC, I guess it'd be a little difficult because they have both the Alliance corporate and the Alliance patronage. Uh, yeah. So two different ones. You, you don't want a ship scan to come up with a little cross that you click on and then you've got to scroll down to see all the different <laughs> pledges that that person has. But equally that said, um, would... Uh, let's let, let's for, for, for not trying to sway your decision in any way, but let's call it an alliance system whereby you can ally minor factions to other minor factions, creating an alliance of them. Would that be something um, that people would enjoy as a sort of being able to nail your flag to a particular minor faction if you could then ally that faction with other factions and create alliances? So... I guess then the question is, is A, who speaks for a faction? And I guess then you'd have to restrict it to FDEV official associated, either you inserted or you did, an, you did an official adoption. And then the question would be is also, who can you ally with? Can you only ally with other player factions that have full ownership? Or can you ally with NPC factions that I guess by default have FDEV ownership? Well, you know, there's also an, uh, there's also an extra uh, thing to keep in mind because, for example, with Alliance Office of Statistics, Stephen and I are the co-founders of it, along with uh, Igard, uh, a third uh, person. What happens if uh, Stephen wants to uh, ally with ADC, and I don't, and Igard doesn't care? Who who gets to decide that the Alliance Office of Statistics faction? in-game, officially I see. Uh, allies with... Right, FDEV are going to have three different emails and then going to have a tough decision. <laughs> I see, yeah, I see what you mean. That becomes a problem. But then again, that also uh, has to do with my own personal view of one of the reasons I really, really like this game is that we are all nobodies. We're not important. Basically, when, when I'm flying around, yeah, sure, people might recognize that, oh, that's Vectron, that's the not case who can't stop talking about power play, but in, in, in terms of what uh, of the, the faction itself, well, if you look at uh, the representatives you run into on the uh, on the boards, well, there's a vice president, there's all kinds of people, and not one of them is a player. And yeah. I like that. We're just we're just cards. We're just replaceable bits. So you, you um, yeah, you would hate to see it become formalized into. Uh, no, uh, I don't mind for. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind formalization uh, to a certain extent. For example, it would make perfect sense that since Wolf 406 uh, Transport Company, I think it's called uh, the AADC's uh, primary faction, is an alliance corporate, it makes perfect sense that they are allied with Perez Ringuri, which is also an alliance corporate, and with uh, Alliance Office of Statistics, as we are all alliance corporates. That makes perfect sense. To uh, It makes uh, a large amount of sense that while not directly allied, that would be by default automatically friendly towards Lave Radio Network because while it's not an alliance faction, it's an independent faction and they are corporates. So corporates within the same sphere uh, or within the same superpower by default become uh, allied to each other. 
and At then you friendly. Can, well, yeah. ally by default, I would say. And then okay. you can start uh, saying, okay, this is a democracy, this is a dictatorship. They will, by default, be hostile to each other. Those two things do not get along. Democracy might uh, be friendly towards corporates, but so would dictatorships. And corporates, well, they're just there to make money, so they will sell to everyone, really, except maybe communists and so on. That makes a lot more sense that this is forced in rather than giving players uh, the ability to control really big things in this game. Okay, to uh, my you, mind, that, that's how I view Kind it. of preserve, and, and I know that Mr. Stroud would be on board with that kind of concept of the player is a nobody, there are no heroes um, as such. You know, you can have a heroic action in, in a cause, but you are that small cog, and it takes a lot of small cogs in order to make change. So I get that, yeah. I kind of, yeah, I kind of like what you're saying there. Uh, Stephen, do you have something you wanted to add there? Oh, on this? Um, <laughs> you can't no, say no. Not, not, not the tape. Not, not the- <laughs> yes, yes. I, I have tons of things to say, but oh. uh, I'll say them later. I'll say them later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've had a, a really sort of good discussion on, on on the etiquettes and the interactions that we can have between player groups that can lead to wars and, and everything else. I think it's kind of uh, important to now to sort of move on. Oh, you like to budge in with Japos? Before I move on then, I shall let you, <laughs> let you take take the floor oh yeah uh, well the question whether who is allied with what can be solved if uh, each uh, faction well player faction actually uh, gets uh, at least a little more li- more liberty into establishing their lore and background because not every democracy is the same and not every corporation is run the same and for example uh, our main character might run a corporation but uh, her main cause is often helping democracies and it, it, it gets weird and it adds more depth and a better understanding of the faction itself and the group behind it so it, it because the same argument can be made for the corporation will uh, cooperate with the dictatorship because they want to make money, but they might not cooperate with another corporation because it's an it's against their own yeah it's a competitor. So more uh, lore uh, would be fine, and I think if D needs to treat us. Uh, with a little more trust because okay, there's going to be some weird stuff that can be uh, they can be filtered, but we can't move forward with the expectation that we will shut down most stuff so that they don't get weird. I think you know. I think we're uncovering the fact that there's an awful lot of amazing ideas and and something that possibly we as i said i'm really quick keen on on looking at the the likes of a conclave if you're not familiar with the conclave shows that we do it's when you get lots of group representatives in and people who have an interest in a particular feature and you talk about what works about it what doesn't work and what you'd like to see implemented and, and ways that frontier could improve it just to sort of table ideas and the nice thing about that is often like tonight um you get ideas that just kind of think, well, you know what, that, that's actually, that would be good. And, and, oh, that idea I had was bad. You've really pointed out the flaws in that. Um, Stephen, did, did you come up with something oh. you, you wanted to add? Or I, 
Yes, I, I actually remembered what I originally was thinking. <laughs> was that, uh, sorry, I, I, I was listening to what they were saying. And um, what Apos talks about is lore um, control, lore sway. And I mean, I guess I, I, I would never presume to demand anything. It's, it's their game. And, and like Vectron said, I think one of the keys uh, is to see us as, as cogs. We are, uh, to some extent, observers in this game evolution. We do have some influence, uh, sometimes without our even knowing, right? Um, everyone could have a huge impact on the, on the world without knowing that they are necessarily. It's just random happenstance. But going to actual concrete examples of large lore um, scenarios, I would think that the Ross 128 example where an alliance patronage came in to a Fed system in, in what would normally be, I guess, the core of Fed space, uh, that would, I would think, be a fairly large occurrence. Um, and also, when the Empire took, I think it was a Beta Hydri, correct me if I'm wrong on that, that's considered to be a, uh, when the Empire took that, it was considered to be a very historically large fed system. It had, uh, I think, of a shipyard or there was a large fleet there. And See, there was the no... And this shipyard for uh, their... Uh, Capital ships, right, and and this was the second, the first, the, the Ross one to eight is a BGS occurrence. The second one is a power play occurrence, and um, certainly on the on the on the power play side, that large things can happen. The question is either should they, or if they do, should they maybe have some actual interactive repercussions through the lore. Um, and 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 that sort of disconnect, as as I think it borders maybe to some people as frustration based on a disconnect from expectations, but I guess you'd want to see in an immersive environment where you're participating in this that either to limit the actual amount that participation can have an effect, or if it does have that effect, recognize it and and have that be a capability for the creation of lore. Well, yeah, you see rather than a completely ignoring it, as has as far as I can tell, happened both with Beta Hydri and with Ross 128. Those are massive uh, events yeah. in terms of impacting the Federation. Have you and seen no official statements about it at all from the Federation, which is really weird. Now, I'm not going to give out any spoilers here, but um, Elite Premonition, the latest book by Drew Wager, had led player groups on with Imperial Sympathies, uh, the Imperial Inquisition in particular, to take up arms against the Sirius Corp in all the systems where they were. Now, they kicked them out of... I think they had one system left that they were in, and their influence was destroyed. So... What they were hoping for that was that Frontier would look at that and go, no, they wouldn't take that line down and send in big NPC battleships to tackle them and to keep them out. Now, it didn't happen yet, and there's not been any kind of, as you say, recognition of what it is. There's been kind of nods and winks from the Gamut News and stuff, but there's not been any action in game, and you're right, that's something that possibly could be done. Uh, Colin, you want to say something? Well, yeah, there is one big point that I think everybody needs to to remember. Frontier have to handle, what is it, 68,000 minor factions now. There are 68,000 minor factions within the game itself. 
Not not you player know. minor factions. No, no, no. Just no. Just player minor factions. That's every minor faction. Yeah, but uh, so going back, it's, it's a matter of gravity. Like Roast one to eight as a system is a little different than the others because it has a permit, a high security prison for the federation. And there's generally a lot of lore behind it. I think it goes back to the first game. Even. And well, it took us over a year to get there. <laughs> and then pretty much nothing happened. Didn't well, we? something happened. We, we <laughs> The rules about permit system changed and come next pack, uh, players won't be able to expand into them anymore. But in terms of lore, nothing has happened yet. I was just going to say, Colin, they only put that many in so that they can wipe out three quarters of them. There'll still be some left when the Thargoids <laughs> come. Right now, we have got to, we're going to move on because the key point tonight is, of course, that uh, we're talking about the war we had. We have lost it and we have reached, um, in fact, whoever, have you, have you signed off on this yet? I haven't actually read, if there's an official <laughs> statement, I haven't read it. I, I read a draft of, I think I'd read the first draft. Um, I think the only I addition is your execution, so are you okay with that? I think that's fine, yeah, yeah, put me up, I don't mind. <laughs> kill me, just kill me. Right, so so this is it's did important. You the where, where, did you read the bit where you get executed by being beaten to death with a soggy meatloaf? I'm not sure you want to... <laughs> Now you can hear, uh, as is always the case, behind every dispute, behind every argument are people with passions on one side or the other, and a lot of the aggro and irritations and the stresses come out of miscommunications and and maybe just, ah, oh, maybe losing your temper in, in the heat of the argument, and I know that uh, when you suddenly all get together again with a pint, Everything is hunky dory, and we have a statement from um, now. Crikey! Now the last time I said the alliance leadership, I got nasty, nasty comments telling me they don't have a leadership, <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair enough, right? Okay, I got it wrong. My bad. What do I call them? Is it the? Okay, <laughs> I I, I, if you're gonna read a statement, I, I assume it's the one from the player groups that have undersigned it. It is yes, yes. So we'll go through that. It's an official statement regarding Lave from uh, a number of the Alliance and minor factions, which we will list off at the end of it. So I'm going to read this verbatim because it's important. And if there's any spelling mistakes in the way that I say it, it's my fault. And it's not in the original document. <clears throat> can you see it in the show notes there, whoever? <laughs> I, uh, I can see it in the show notes. Where are the show notes? Oh, right. Okay. It's yeah. A... Do I need to scroll back to, to the start? No, I'm going to put them right. I mean, I mean do, oh. you want me, do you want me to read them out? Oh, yeah, go on. Go on. Okay. Do them in your... Do this them, is do the, the, do them in the your, official uh, statement regarding... Yeah, 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 I've got it, yeah. Okay. The official statement regarding Lave. The Alliance of Independent Systems has been in and around the Lave's cluster for quite some time now, and many Alliance pilots found a first and second home in the region. While the systems around Alioth that founded the Alliance are certainly its political centre, the old worlds, in the eyes of many, can be seen as its economical heart. For this exact reason, Prime Minister Mahan started an initiative in June 3000 to strengthen the economic bonds with the systems around Listi. To ensure the safety of traders of all affili uh, affiliations, Mahon didn't hesitate to announce the open trade agreement for the whole Lave cluster and officially commissioned the Alliance Defence Force to establish a permanent presence in the sector to fight piracy and crime. 
Regalnet News from June 28th, June 3001. While Eastie has been a place of trouble, more on more than one occasion in the last couple of years, Leiva used to be a peaceful system with tremendous growth. It was only until a broadcast of the local Lave radio announced the claim to rights over the Lave station that members of the ADF realised the old systems was on the edge of civil war. We, the sounding alliance groups, immediately mobilised for a joint operation alongside independent alliance pilots to help the local government to restore law and order. Despite a quick but hard-earned victory over the passionate fighting supporters of the Lave Radio Network, we hereby make the recommendation towards the local government to grant the Lave Radio Network control over the local warrior system in order to ensure long-term peace and cooperation, rather than permanent skirmishes and instability. If the local factions agree on this proposal, we are willing to support Lave Radio Network in the necessary work to move offices and staff between stations. We commit ourselves to this endeavour for the good of all citizens of the old worlds. The Alliance has shown strength in defending her citizens, and it is now time to show tolerance and kindness. The whole conflict seems to be an issue of communication and clarity of intentions rather than malevolence. We hope this offer will help comfort those who feel frustrated about what has happened and that it will build bridges between those who have fought each other in futile conflict and that Lave will be peaceful, merry place once again. Signed, the Alliance Groups in Alphabetical Order, the E, the AEDC, the AID, the AMF, DAWN, RI and T. Uh, CF. Yeah, fantastic, and that seemed. I mean, whoever, because uh, obviously we're, we're going to to go to to whoever who was uh, the commander that led many people to their deaths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about that? I mean, to me, that sounds like a, a wonderful open hand of of friendship. I'm just looking in the chat to see how people are finding it. What's with the no signal? Uh. Oh, have, I, have I dropped? I have dropped. Um, I make a fantastic I, reading and you drop the signal. Oh, typical. <laughs> it's normal. It's all right. We'll go out, we'll go out in the broadcast. But um, what do you think about that, whoever? Um, I, I honestly would like to hear from anyone who has been involved in the last three months. I would like to hear from them how they feel about it. Um because i mean it all it all sounds all well and good and i don't want to start Nitpicking. kicking off anything no. again it's an yeah, open, it's an open hand of friendship it, statement yeah i mean it's it's essentially it it puts Lave radio network in a situation where they they can never expand out of their system if anyone wants to play <laughs> the background simulation for Lave radio network um they can't get out of Lave. they're stuck in Lave. Um, that's what I, one of the things I was trying to negotiate um, that was just not seen as acceptable um, so I, I don't even know if that will be an issue for many of the listeners um, if it isn't then that's fine you know we'll, I think <laughs> many people will be happy having wariness yes um, that seems to, to be that there's an awful many, lot of people. many people yeah many people would, would be fine with that that's not a problem um, and I don't know it's very very hard for me to talk um for a lot of people if i don't know how how they feel about it so i just ask for people to contact me 
and let me know how they feel about it after having read it over. That's so that means we've yeah. got to we have to take all our offices off leave station and move them into a blooming asteroid base. <laughs> Do you know the dust that gets in the books? Seriously. <laughs> well, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm not going to, it's not, a, it's not a threat. It's not an unpleasant, it's a really fair statement. I think it's very fair. And again, it is right for anyone who has any particular feelings that would like them represented, should get in touch with Commander whoever who will negotiate from our point of view. Um, why were there so many people working against Slave Radio Network in the war? It doesn't seem to make sense, says Shatter Mage. It was, well, <laughs> listen to tonight's That's podcast. <laughs> That's what we've been That's talking. talking about. We can't sadden us. What we're talking about here is we're talking about an agreement between us all going forward where we work together to turn the system in such a way that is a applicable and happy for the alliance uh, factions involved in who are directly affected by any change in leave that ha makes them happy to help us and then they will help us with what is a difficult task remember how long the Lave radio network has been down on the one two percents in the system um it took an awful lot of effort it took whoever an awful lot of time and that shouldn't be uh, undervalued at all whoever's done a sterling job <laughs> uh, we, uh, we all have there's been a lot of support a lot of people have said you know it's the first time that they've actually felt like they've been fighting for something in the game and a lot of people have have um, winged up found friends you know it's it's been pretty awesome for a lot of people so thank you for taking part and getting involved basically but yeah we're look we know we are we are just podcasters and at the end of the day and we uh, love the live radio network but We'd love your guys' input on that. Um, I say, I think, you know, you don't look at it as losing Lave Station, look at it as winning Warness, which is a lot prettier, to be fair. The grass is yeah, green and yeah. leaves. People are worried about brandy. Look, we can always just nip over. It's not like you can't go... Well, some of you can't go back. <laughs> some of you are heavily wanted there. You can't go back. That will dissipate with time, right? Yeah. Until the and in fact, to be honest, talking about um, negatively viewed actions, if you're going to use your suicide sidewinder, do it soon. <laughs> do it very, very soon to get rid of those bounties. Don't leave it until the next update, or you're in for a nasty shock. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think we can so probably start to to wrap that up now. Before we go, I'm going to give you all a chance because, you know, we've had quite a lot of discussion tonight and it's been thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, everyone, for coming on and for being, well, bloody decent people um, to boot. Is there anything you guys would like to, to get out there uh, before we end the show? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to pretty much tell everyone that in order for the deal to go through, it has to be controlled, so murder has to stop in the system. And the plan pretty much is that laving will be pushed and rise. This will most likely result in elections with uh, Lave Radio. These elections will have to be lost so that laving uh, pushes for control. So then through that war, uh, where we will ask people to support Leving, uh, workers of Leving Liberals will lose 
uh, lay station, yeah. and then we can start dropping the lay liberals, get them in the civil war with the radio, and they will get weddings that way. So uh, the thing is, people will have to stop murdering so that it can be controlled. And when the elections happen with living, they have to make sure that uh, living wins the elections. Otherwise, we can't uh, pull through the deal. It, it will be close to impossible to do it with just missions. We need the station, and if uh, if uh, Lave Radio wins the elections against Leving, they will uh, have to be stuck with Castellan instead. Yep. So I think whoever you would probably echo that that, that at this point there is no real strong re- requirement for any hostilities in the Lave system. No, I mean. I'm glad you threw it to me because I was just about to say um, APOS says that there's uh, people need to stop murdering. I have got absolutely no idea who is is murdering in the system at the moment. Yeah, I know. I, I know you don't actually know who the people are. So if these people actually do it for the benefit of Lave Radio, uh, they would uh, be better off stopping. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to put out that public call that Hostilities at the moment are, we're in a moment of what we would call diplomacy, we're in discussions and we're looking for your input because it is your group, it is not ours to dictate, we don't really have much in the way of a, a leadership, whatever you guys uh, that fight for us have think we want your input to go to whoever so that he can put together uh, what he thinks and if you guys are all happy, uh, I, I have to say that from my point of view I'm quite happy with the proposal on the table but we want your input yeah. and we want to hear from you. But at the moment, the moment it is time for hostilities to cease. If you wish to go and continue to make money, then it may well be worth you switching sides as such. Um, I don't, I don't think there's there's no more conflict zones. I, don't, I think it's over. Yeah, Excellent. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I can later give you the exact plan so that we can coordinate. Um, well, 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 what we'll do... Because what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll give them we'll give uh, the, the the members and the players and stuff a chance to get in touch, and then we can have another wee show where we'll do an update with the plan of action and we'll coordinate. If whoever is is happy to continue on until we have that asset, then we'll get him to coordinate with you guys as is currently been going on anyway, and make sure that we create ways that our players can see what they need to do and how they need to do it and etc. So that we can all be on that same page and really really show that uh, player groups can work together well. I do have a quick question to, uh, especially APOS, because he is far better at uh, PGS than, than I am. And that is, suppose for a moment that Lave, instead of being 25 billion, was 25 million. Would it be possible for a faction in Lave to expand out from Lave without being in control of the system? As in, uh, yeah, yeah, it's possible. Okay, because then with a 25 billion population, it is going to be, quite frankly, uh, well, I'm not allowed to swear, so extremely difficult. No, uh, with, with, 25, with 25 billion, it's impossible. Well, impossible is a tough word, but bordering on it at least. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, 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 can explain, I can explain why, I can explain why. Uh, the thing is, it might actually be impossible to even expand from Lave as an actual controlling faction because uh, 
the thing with the influence is that the higher you go, the less you can earn per day. You can't just, uh, if you're low, you can get uh, 25% in a day in, in low population systems. And in the next day, with the exact same contributions, you will get less and less and less. This goes even further for these really huge systems and when a faction goes uh, in the 60% alley they will have to do extreme amount of work for 0.5 gains at best and the thing is for someone to expand without taking over the system you will have to get the controlling faction in a conflict and then get that someone to 57% while that other faction is in conflict. Yeah, so, so in Lave it would be really difficult, especially without an asset. It's a game of... Without a station. No, no, no. Uh, my point is, uh, by the time this happens, uh, Lave Radio Network will have Warrenus. Uh, that, that's my point. Once everything has been set up so that Lave Radio has Warrenus and uh, the Lave workers are back in control of Lave Station, is it possible to make Lave Radio expand out of the system? Because that is one of the things that people keep complaining about, that they're not allowed to expand. Uh, theoretically, yes. I, I don't think it's feasible, though. Uh, yeah, and that's the, uh, the, the question. There's a difference between physically impossible and theoretically impossible. Uh, but it can be done, but it's or probably be done, at least with... Uh, it's sort of uh, patching yes. to, to fix that kind of impossibility. Because obviously we are, we are on the cusp of some change to the background, Simon. Whether or not it deals with that issue at all uh, we it just remains to be seen. But it will be a, a pretty big law of diminishing returns in the size of the population of that system that makes it next nigh on, well, uh, conceivably impossible because there's just no way that you can see how you can up the level of effort in order to gain the percentages that you gain in order to trigger it so it remains to be seen so yeah thank you very much um everyone is there any other any other points that you want to get out before we close up well, yeah, well uh, to expand on that the opposite also applies so it's not like that you have it hard going upwards when you're high but everyone else has it easier to hurt you when you are high in influence so since Lave is a high traffic system, uh, that's the part where it becomes uh, impossible because uh, the random activity won't be controllable. And very little activity will hurt you. And it is very likely to stop you from expanding because uh, ever since the population cap, uh, just, just to give an example of the the magnitude of this. Ever since the, the population cap has been implemented, LAVE has never expanded. Yeah. yeah. And the, the reason I brought this up is that uh, I wanted to clear up the misconception that uh, by not being allowed to be in control of the system, LAVE radio is not allowed to expand out from the system. Because it's not the alliance groups that are doing that, that is the BGS that's making it borderline impossible. Yeah, it's making it impractical. Moment. Yeah, and that would happen even if they had controlled the system and, and we had simply backed off. Now, uh, if, I, if I may clarify, given that the statement was read, 
uh, and that AOS wasn't one of the signers to that. I mean, it's because I think AOS's opinion was that uh, we were, uh, I think, either faction being in control of the system seemed okay. There was no direction as far as we knew from Edmund Mahone himself. And I would say, and I, I guess what we all seem to be agreeing on here, and what we felt at the start is that conflict is inefficient at, in its coldest, and it's, it's certainly bad because of the, the loss of life, the loss of effort, the loss of uh, Funds and uh, assets. And, ships, the, yeah. and, and, and the future, the future that comes from that is possibly, and hopefully it isn't, despite this unfortunate incident, uh, that, that it could be uh, troubled. But and that's that's I think why the at general attitude is is for Edmund Mahone, uh, from what I've seen, a independent system has a right to retain its independence, self determination. That those are the guiding principles of the alliance, and that's something that I know AOS uh, follows, and that's one of the reasons why we didn't necessarily participate in this. Um, yeah, and but did. I'm glad to see that in the end everything is coming to a peaceful resolution. And that's the most important thing, yeah, I guess. All, all we can do is, you know, nod our, our heads to, in, in remembrance to all those pilots that were lost <laughs> and a huge thank you to all those pilots that got involved on all sides and, and made a very um, hard-fought battle, you know. There was an awful lot of effort put in there and we really uh, admire the amount of, of, of help and support we had. So thank you very much to everyone. Thank you. Yep. Colin, I'm going to pass over to you for two seconds while I find out what's going on behind me. So, <laughs> Phil, go. Phil, Phil. Well, um, I mean, obviously, guys, I, I just want to quickly go around the table. Um, uh, did anyone manage to quickly grab in to to the beta that was actually <laughs> that was actually put out? Because, um, I, I, like I said, I just got back from holiday. And lo and behold, as soon as it was it was available, it had gone. So, did anybody actually have a quick go? Uh, I did have a quick go, and then I got sucked into this mess. <laughs> I, I think the question was asked, um, "What were you doing this past week?" And I think for pretty much everyone in this channel that was involved, the answer is over the last four days, spending about twelve hours a day talking diplomacy. And not, not necessarily even playing the game, but doing the meta part of it and talking to each other. So, I mean, effectively, we've, we've all then deprived Frontier of some really important testing time then. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I went over to, to pick up a probe and an uh, artifact, and uh, in searching for the probe, uh, no, no uh, signal source came up in time before this, this occurred. And so I only am halfway through that process. Yeah, well, I, I hopefully, hopefully we'll get a, a new release really this week. Well, <laughs> in fact, the, uh, the the beta has now gone open, so we will be back next week with uh, in-depth discussion on the beta features and some various other things. We do have something that has come up which is maybe of interest to you creative, clever folks out there. You special, special uh, writers, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, you with the pencil behind your ear. Well, maybe not you. 
him, <laughs> that guy behind you that's writing. Um, <laughs> Commander Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N-N, has been oh, out doing all kinds of wonderful things out in Colonia uh, with CCN, and uh, he wrote and edited the Colonia Gazette. And he wants to put something like that together again a monthly format uh, with the the content written by the the best of you writers out there and we really want to have a, a good magazine with lots of articles covering maybe things like wars maybe getting in touch with people on either sides and getting these kind of things documented whatever whatever you know takes your fancy whether you're writing a fiction story about yourself and what you've been up to in the game they want people who are wanting to get this information and write it down and submit it and be part of this and um they can't wait to get this going so there's no time skills as yet. He's just looking for people who are interested and maybe want to supply information. Now, I know that DJ Truthsayer had some similar ideas, but more from a twitching point of view. I'm not sure if I'm not even meant to say that, but he has got ideas and things as well. So these things are great to get involved with. And if it sounds like your cup of tea, contact Commander Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N-N, on the Frontier Forums and let him know that you are interested in being part of his new project, which they are calling uh, Sagittarius. Terius I is that right? Did I get that right? Really? What did they call it? E-Y-E E-Y-E I yes so Sagi is going to be the name of this this sort of magazine that he's going to put together it sounds quite interesting I know there's been some amazing content even in the newsletter if you happen to see that uh, video that they had in there as well which was all dramatised that was fantastic um then if you want to get involved and get some ideas forward to do get in touch with Commander Whitman I promise them I'll, I'll give them a shout out tonight and uh, pump it for them because they really want to make this something special so yeah do that now I, mm. should, I should really look at the show notes and see if there was anything else that I wrote down that was important to mention do 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 LaveCon 2017 <laughs> guess who used the old notes eh <laughs> Yeah, oh, I wonder. I wondered that. Yeah. Well, at least it doesn't say LaveCon 2016. Oh, it wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I struggled to get these show notes together in time. So we will get this out on a podcast for you as soon as possible. Uh, that's right, Sagittarius. I fantastic. Uh, uh, having a look in the chat, see if anyone's mentioned anything at all. Twenty-two hours straight by Commander Zadnost in a commu- in a conflict zone. Well done, you. Uh, four oh, hours a- <laughs> of diplomacy, twelve hours of combat zone. Well done, Commander Kirby Aid, Captain Kirby Aid. Um, yes, uh, as I say, a lot of you guys put an awful lot of time in. I hope you got the enjoyment from it. I really do because you deserved it, and uh, and that's for everybody on every side. Uh, there's nothing I like more than a proper proper scrap in a game where it's just awesome. You know, it is just awesome. Zero hours of diplomacy and 100 hours of farting towards the ship, says Winging Palm. Yeah, that sounds like you. <laughs> well, our, our, our open players really loved it. I, have, I can't say that much. Brilliant. Well, we, no, we thoroughly enjoyed it. And so, right, well, I think it is time to... Oh, no, one more thing from you, did you say? Cool. Yeah, just just one more thing from me. Um, as everybody knows, I, I was uh, helping Dave Hughes out with the um, Elite Encounters um, uh, role-playing game. And I am now pleased to say, um, he announced it in the stream 
yesterday. The final vis- uh, version has now been sent to Frontier for final review. So that's it. He he can't change a word. It's it's just waiting for the tick. Amazing. Amazing. So if you're waiting for the wonderful copy of Elite Encounters the RPG coming soon, it's coming sooner than the soon you might have thought it was. Fingers crossed. Brilliant. Can't Just wait. waiting, f- waiting on final approval. Well, um, congratulations to uh, you and to Dave Hughes as well for getting that a very tricky and difficult project to the bed, and that's it. Well done. Okay. We are going to close uh, a close tonight's show. Thank you to absolutely everybody who has come along and been part of it. And who, who, do, 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 do. We're just going to see. Yeah, I've got to screw up and get all the names so I don't miss it. I'm going to thank Crash for not being in tonight's show. That was awesome of you. Um, that's not a slight. It's just the fact that I keep asking you questions and you're not here. Uh, Commander Stephen, Vectron, Apos. Ulon, thank you so much for joining me tonight, and and of course, Commander Whoever. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. No worries. And uh, of course, thank you to my co co presenter for joining me and not letting me have to fly solo because um, <laughs> that's how the last war started. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we left you alone in charge of the bar, and look what happened. <laughs> You wouldn't think a barman with all that alcohol could cause so much trouble. I didn't. It was whoever. He came in here with his big ideas and his big boots. Um, Not guilty. Not guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com. You can get us on Facebook forward slash Lave Radio or at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Chat. Or you can join us on our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat and play all kinds of games including PUBG and other ones uh, by setting your TeamSpeak client to teamspeak.laveradio.com <sighs> Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live and on, of course on twitch.tv forward slash laveradio thank you to and it actually says whoever so that's quite funny Thanks to whoever. Thanks to everyone who joined me tonight and for such a a really great and strong discussion. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And thanks to those commanders that have joined us in the Twitch chat as well and your questions and those who have turned up outside live stations without a wanted status. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. And and Galnet News is coming up next.
Internet News Digest, 22nd of August, 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, rise in diplomatic temperature between Cold War rivals. Sigma success puts Eclipse in the shade. A dinosaur amongst men. Rise in temperature detected between Cold War rivals. Following the major powers' announcement of their joint venture to investigate Thargoids, it now seems that Federation and Empire are seeking closer military bonds. Federation Security Chief Aidan Tanner, dubbed by some the Alien Tsar, is reported to be liaising with Aegis, the three-way joint scientific initiative. It seems that the threat of Thargoid invasion may overcome the Cold War between the powers, although some commentators have suggested that the Cold War has been nothing but a smokescreen in the first place, to explain away military preparations for the coming of the Thargoids. Aegis has been established to attempt to identify the location of Thargoid incursions into human space and to understand their intentions. The Alliance has continued its investigations into the Thargoids unilaterally, while also contributing to Aegis. Admiral Tanner is quoted as saying that after 40 years in the military, he is ready for some peace. Let's hope his wish is granted. Sigma success puts Eclipse in the shade. Support for the Empire's fattest senators has overshadowed the lacklustre support for Capelidog Research Initiative. The Sigma Summit was well supported, meeting its drive for exotic rare goods well in advance of the target date. By comparison, the appeal for materials to build a Wells-class carrier for astronomical research has been receiving very poor levels of support, with some questioning whether there's any appetite for scientific research amongst galaxy pilots at all. Not even the offer to have the ship named after the commander who contributes the most seems to have raised much interest, except for a commander, Shippy McShipface, who is well ahead of other commanders. So. While senators pig out on the finest luxuries, the scientists are left to eat scraps, as usual. A dinosaur amongst men. It may seem like science fiction, but it may soon be possible to bring long dead creatures back to life. Jurassic Developments, an organisation based in the seaside city of Cambridge in the Sol system, believes that it can harvest DNA from blood that's been preserved for millennia in mosquitoes trapped in amber, and that it might just be possible to recreate the giants of Earth's past. Quite what the purpose of such an achievement would be remains vague. While there's speculation that the ancient creatures could be exhibited in an open-air theme park, the chief executive officer and majority shareholder of Jurassic Developments, known by his initials as DBOBE, is known to harbour secret fantasies that he might become a big game hunter. Perhaps he's bringing these ancient and long-extinct creatures, such as lions, elephants and tigers, back to life so that he can hunt them. And perhaps all that talk of space legs is to make it easier for us to run away from him. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.